Oh man, thank you, Pastor, so much. Uh, it's a privilege to be up here, truly. Um, I mean, the moment Pastor told us the date we were going to preach, man, I, I started sweating right away. Uh, but, I mean, thank you for the confidence. I mean, Pastor's probably worried that there's a 19-year-old up here, but uh, sorry. <laughs> um, well, I'm just going to jump right into it. Genesis chapter 22, uh, you don't need to stand up. Uh, we'll be reading verses 1 to 12. Now, this is the story of Abraham being told by God to sacrifice his son Isaac. And I'm sure many of us have heard this story countless of times. But, but I think there's, there's something crucial, something very important that we must be reminded of or even know. And ja Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 reads, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which, which God had told him of. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it, upon the, uh, laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto, his, unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto, unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Um, the title of my message this evening is your sacrifice. Uh, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to, to gather here together, Lord. I ask that you, you help me uh, speak clearly, help, my, help me communicate myself in a way that glorifies you, Lord. I ask that you help calm my nerves and just allow me to speak freely, Lord. In Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. When, when I was around 10 or 11 years old, I remember my mother got me these awesome pair of Nikes, gray high top Nikes. Man, these shoes were the best I'd ever owned, and to this day. And I love these shoes. I, I made sure that these shoes did not get dirty. I, I, I didn't want to ruin them. So every day, I, I got a toothbrush and I started cleaning them. And after having these shoes for about a week, my, my brother wanted to go visit his friends in Mexico, Tijuana, California, and he... There's this ministry there, this, this, this church that, that helps orphans, uh, take them, he, they take them in, take them off the streets, and they give them uh, the ability to go to school, they give, them, they give them food, they give them a roof over the head. And my brother had made some really good friends there as he did spend some time there for several different reasons. But, but we had gone there and we were on our way. Uh, we arrived to our destination and me, I got off the car. I made sure these shoes did not get dirty. I did not want to mess them up. I love these shoes. These were my favorite shoes in the whole wide world. My brother had gone off with his friends. And maybe 30 minutes later, he, he comes to my mom. They begin talking. And I thought nothing of it until, until my mother tells me to take off my shoes. And me, being the obedient kid that I am, I ask why. 
that was probably not a very wise decision, but she begins to tell me that, that my brother's friend has been praying for some shoes, that he's been fervently praying, he can't afford them, and my mother tells me to take them off, we're, we're going to give it to him. And, and I did not want to, I was like, mom, these are my favorite shoes, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And my mother made me take off my shoes. And uh, I had to wear my, my, my mother's sandals back home. And it was so, so embarrassing. But I still remember that day like it was yesterday. I had to give up my shoes for someone that I didn't know. I had to give them to someone that I didn't know. And, and in this passage, we see, we see something similar. Obviously, nothing, nothing, nothing like Abraham went through. But, but in this passage, we see God is going to tempt Abraham. God is not wanting Abraham to fall to sin. But, but he is allowing Abraham to go through a trial. To, to show his obedience, to show his devotion to the Lord. And, and God, God allows us to go through trials as well. And he allows us to show his, our devotion to him just like he did Abraham. And as we read in this, this is when God appears unto Abraham and, and calls, calls him by his name. And Abraham, being the faithful servant that we know he is, he answers, behold, here I am. Here am I. God gets, God gets into it in verse 2. He gets right into it. He tells Abraham... You need to go sacrifice your son Isaac on a mountain in the land of Moriah. And this must have been shocking to Abraham, right? I mean, Abraham was, or Isaac was his son. Why couldn't God just ask for, for one of his sheep or, or one of his servants even? No, God asked for Isaac. And, and notice in verse 2 that it says, whom thou lovest. God knew the love that, that Abraham had for Isaac and how dear he was to him. Uh, Isaac was given to Abraham at, at the old age of 100 years old. And the, the first mention of, of God making a great nation of Abraham is in Genesis 12 too. Now, now God did not mention Isaac here. But, but God does mention that, that Abraham's seed would be as the dust of the earth. Here Abraham is 75 years old. 100 minus 75, 25 years. Abraham had to wait 25 years to have this son. God even told Abraham that he would have many descendants through Isaac. This son, the son that God is asking Abraham to sacrifice. And although Isaac was loved and cared for, Abraham still rose up early in the morning to complete the strange request of the Lord. And Abraham did not question the Lord. He trusted God enough to the point where he knows not to argue with God because he knows God will fulfill his promises. So he goes on this journey to the land of Moriah with, with two men and Isaac. And they're three days away from destination. This gives Abraham time to think of what is to come. I presume this was a quiet and sorrowful journey. But soon enough, Abraham lifts his eyes, sees the mountain. It's time to go up. These two young men stay behind to take care of their belongings. So it's just father and son. Abraham carries the fire and knife in his hand and Isaac the wood. In verses 7 and 8, we see a short dialogue. And note, this is the only dialogue between father and son. And maybe, maybe there could have been more. But, but this is what God has left us with. Here we have a father who, who is asked by God to sacrifice his son. A son whom he loved. A son whom he pay, waited for patiently. And on the other hand, we have a son who trusts his father. He, he, he never thinks that his father would cause him any harm. So, so he asks his father, hey, dad. Where's the lamb for, for the burnt offering if we're going to sacrifice to God? Uh, I presume the, these words must have pierced Abraham's heart. Yeah. And, and Abraham knew what was going to happen to Isaac. He knew what, what had to be done. But he, but he answers, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Yeah. 
at this point in time, Abraham had some time to think and reason some things in his mind. However, God never told him that he would redirect Abraham's course of action. But, but Abraham did believe that God could and would raise Isaac from the dead. It says it's Hebrews 11, 17 to 19, and I won't read it for the sake of time, but I believe this is what Abraham was clinging to. God promised that Abraham's seed would come through Isaac. He knew God would never break a promise, so why could God not provide in the hardest of trials? Abraham trusted God, but this request was still difficult. They arrived to the place God had shown Abraham. Abraham builds an altar there, begins to lay the wood. He prepares everything, and soon enough, he grabs Isaac ties him up and lies him down on the altar. There could be thousands of things going on in Abraham's mind. And maybe he's probably having flashbacks to when Isaac was just a baby, when he was able to be carried and lie down to bed as, as he was lying him down on the altar. Moments like those were, were popping up left and right inside Abraham's mind, which, which made him feel miserable. And verse 11 is, is the climax of the story. The moment Abraham had to put complete trust in the father. Everything had been prepared all that needed to happen was the slaying of Isaac. Verse 11, he's taking the knife ready and willing to give up his son, the son whom he loved, the son whom he waited for patiently. But something unexpected happened. Verse, verse 12, the angel of the Lord calls upon Abraham and says, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now we must ask ourselves an important question. Why, why would Abraham be willing to do this for the Lord? Why would he be willing to give up his son? The answer is kind of obvious, don't you think, after hearing the story? Because God promised Abraham that he would multiply seed through Isaac. But, but unlike Abraham, sometimes we struggle to give up what we love, even if it is for God. And, and I'm not sure where that could be for you this evening, but, but we live in a world where we've gotten so comfortable living a life that is all about us, living a life that is for our pleasure. And maybe there have been times where you've promised God, hey, God, I'm going to give this up for you. I'm going to start doing this for you. But it's hard because we are so consumed with it. And, and maybe for you, that could be friends, friends that don't, influence you for the good, friends that you know are pushing you to do wrong, pushing you to do that which you know is wrong, and, and, and you're afraid of what they might think of you. You're afraid of what they might say. Or maybe it could be a job, a job that doesn't allow you to come to outreach, a job that, that, that hinders you from coming to church. Maybe, maybe it's hard to give it up because it's your source of income, but, but God has commanded us to fulfill the Great Commission, to share his word, to spread the gospel to every person on this planet. Or it could be something big for you. Maybe, maybe it's a car you've been saving up for, a house you've been looking at. Maybe you've been saving up, you've been working really hard toward this goal. But maybe God wants you to use it for something else. Maybe God wants you to give it to missions. Maybe God wants you to help someone in need. I don't know, but it's hard to do that sometimes. Maybe it's your career. You've been working at it. You, you've been setting goals for yourself. But you haven't asked God for, for, for his input. Maybe God has a different course for you. And you're going this way. But God wants you to go this way. See, sometimes there are things we need to sacrifice 
to truly reap God's blessings. And I'm not sure what that is for you again, once again. But you know what you need to give up this evening. And I'd like to note three verses, Genesis 22, 16, and 18. But I won't read them for the sake of time. But, but this is where we find what God says to Abraham after he passed the test. Here we see God blessing Abraham and mentions what is to come because of his faith and obedience. It didn't matter what God asked of him. Abraham was willing to surrender it all for the Lord, even if it was something that he loved. And God calls us to surrender. God calls us to surrender to him and promises that if we have faith in him and obey, he will bless us abundantly more than we could ever imagine. And tonight, I just want to ask you, what's your Isaac? What's holding you back from serving God in full? Abraham was willing to give up his son to obey God because he knew that God would follow through with his promise and bless him accordingly. And if we are willing to give up the Isaac in our lives, God will bless us just like he did Abraham. Thank you. I just want to thank Pastor for the opportunity to preach. I know he's probably just as scared as I am for what I'm about to say, but so well, I'm already up here, so it's too late. So... But anyways, I don't want to waste any time, Uh, so we're just going to go ahead, and I'm going to go to Colossians chapter 3. The Lord just laid this on my heart, reading through some devos, and uh, I always hear pastors say that a passage should convict you first before preaching, and I really feel like that's the case here. And I just want to share what God's laid on my heart uh, tonight, um, and hopefully I can do it well. Uh, But let's all go ahead and stand in the honor of reading uh, God's word. We're going to do Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. Uh, Now, I just want to give some context for the time we're in here. Uh, With Paul, he's writing to the Colossians more as an update. Uh, He hasn't been able to see the Colossians uh, face-to-face as we see in chapter 1. But he's just updating uh, updating him on the things that are happening uh, with Jesus Christ's death uh, and what they have to look forward to. Uh, because as of now, they've been under the yoke of the ceremonial law, under that, under that pressure, and still, uh, on the Old, the Old Testament ways, still um, going to sacrifice. And that's their way of uh, doing sacrifices, that being their way of, of praise and worship. Well, Paul is now updating, him, updating them and saying, okay, well, Christ, Christ is dead. He has come. And now we ha- this is what to look forward to. This is what we're going to look forward to. So uh, just keep that in mind as we go in through uh, read. So verse 1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. Let's pray. Dear Father, uh, just bless, bless this reading, Lord. Uh, bless the message, Lord. Uh, help me, Lord, to come across clean, Lord, and just bless the hearers, Lord. Uh, just, bless, just bless the service to come, Lord. Uh, we ask these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So you, I'm sure all of you have been enjoying this nice weather you've been having, right? You know, 60s, 70s. For me, I like, I like putting on a hoodie, so it's nice. But for me, it, uh, it kind of just reminds me of what's to come, and that's fall. I love fall. Fall is nice. You got the leaves. You know, it's pretty. You can have your pumpkin spice latte, right? <laughs> right? But, but for me, it's football. It's football season. And especially this week, it's been on my mind a lot. And, and more specifically, Michigan football. Oh, man. <sighs> love. I love me some Michigan football. You know, it, 
There, there, there's some haters out there, but it's, it's all right, you know. Yeah, I, and I, I, I look forward to it every year, even though uh, they manage to disappoint me every single year. But I still look forward to it. It still draws me in. But, you know, this week especially, the last couple of weeks especially, because it's just the, the nice weather. But, but it's just been on my mind. I, I, I've been going back. I've been watching some of my, my favorite games, some of the highlights of my favorite games, some plays. I've been listening to the podcast. I've been, I'm getting ready. I, I'm getting in that mode. Well, well, that, that's something that I, I really love. I, it's, it's on a, a passion of my mind. I, I'm passionate about Michigan football. But we all have something that we're, we're passionate about. It might, might, might not be football. Uh, it could be, uh, let's say, a vacation. Say, uh, you, you are looking forward to vacation. You have the image in your mind of where you want to go and where you want to be. And you're going you're gonna to gonna take steps and you're going to strive to see that reality. You're going you're gonna to save money. You're going to maybe work extra uh, to get those days off. Or, or maybe, maybe it's a car or a dream car that you have. And so you're going to take some sacrifices for that, and, and you're going to do some research for that because it's something that you're passionate about. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's golf, or, 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 and you're trying to you know, fix your swing or something like that, and, and you're passionate about that stuff. We all have something that we're passionate about, and it's in the image, the image of our head of what we want to be. Well, that's what Paul is kind of saying here. Um, in, verse, in verse 1, we see, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. In verse 2, it says, Set your affection on things above. Well, and, and Paul is saying to the Colossians here, he's saying, if, if, we, if you are risen with Christ, then you should be seeking after the things above. Yeah. And I want to uh, point out again that just that this is an update, and this is how the, he's showing the Colossians of the new way to praise God and, and, and what they have to look forward to. And in verse 2, we see, set your affection. Um, and so what, what does this mean? Well, affection meaning having uh, something that has your sentiment. Or, or something that you love, or something that's on your mind, like we kind of just talked about. That, that for me, Michigan football has my affection. I, I love Michigan football. Well, he's saying, set your affection, set your passion on things above. He wants the Colossians to have the things of God on the forefront of their mind. He wants them to seek, actively seek after the things of God. Something that's on your mind, you're dwelling on it. They're, they're meditating, they're supposed to meditate on it, when they're to turn at the thoughts of God. They want, he wants to have a passion. They, he wants them to have a passion for the things of God. And, and, and not only that, in verse 5 we see, uh, mortify therefore. Uh, so he's talking about just mortify all, all forms of fleshliness. And, and sometimes, that, and, and that can be a problem for them too. So mortify meaning, uh, sorry, to deaden or, or to cut off or destroy. Basically just take away from, or, or basically just to destroy completely. And they were to, to take away or destroy these things that were becoming an issue and separating them from, from God. Why? Because those things were hindrances to their spiritual walk with God. Uh, they were supposed to spend time in the things of God and, and, and refute the things that could take away that time with God. They were supposed to sacrifice their time. Mortify. They have to take that away. They have to sacrifice certain things in their life. Just we heard in Brother Sammy's message, um, there are certain things we have to sacrifice in order to seek after uh, be, ha, the image of Christ. In, in order to better ourselves, there's going to be things that we have to take away in order to grow in God. Um, so what, is it, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? Um, let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, let's just ask a couple questions. So what is, what is, spending, what is spending my time now? What, it, what, it, what it does it do for me to think on the things of God and, and to constantly seek after the things of God? And not only that, but, but sacrifice my wants for God to do for, for what God wants. Why should I care about that when I'm already saved? When I'm a born-again believer, and I already know, I already know where I'm going, I'm, and that's heaven, and I already have that settled, why, why should I care? Why should I care what I do for the rest of my life? 
Uh, let's, put it, let's put it this way. Uh, so say you have, you have the knowledge you have now in 2023, uh, the present day knowledge uh, you have of yourself up to this moment, everything in the world, 2023, but you go back 15, 20 years, but, but you have the knowledge of today. What are you going to do? Well, me personally, I'm going to be looking at, uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be looking at the stock market because if I already know, I already know where it's going, uh, I know I want to invest. And I'm going to be looking at uh, Amazon and Bitcoin and maybe, maybe a little real estate too. Because, uh, but why, why would I do that? Well, because I know where the outcome is. I know where the outcome is. Um, and I know where, where the, that may seem insignificant there. I know it can grow into a huge chunk in the future. Right. And, you know, uh, but, you know, 15 years ago, I'd be a little five-year-old, and I'd be trying to explain to my parent why they should buy something called a Bitcoin, and I'm not really sure that would go over well. Yeah. But, you know, I would try my best. But, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But back then, too, if you have that knowledge maybe not everyone else has, and, and, you're, and you're spending your money and you're investing in something which really just seems so insignificant at the time, and no one really cares about it all, and, and it's not going to give you an immediate return, because you have, to, you have to wait for those things to progress and over time to become, it is, to become what it is today. But, but at that time, it was, no, no, one, no one cared and no everyone thought you were crazy. But you knew, you knew that Bitcoin and Amazon would, be, would make thousands. It would be a huge return. Yes. You see where I'm going? Yes. We, what that is, that's an opportunity time window. We have that right now. We are in an opportunity time window. We have just a short amount of time to choose what we're going to invest in. And the thing is, none of us know how much time that really is. Right. We really don't. The Bible actually compares our life to that of a vapor because it, it vanishes away so quickly. And, and most of us, we, we don't, most of us are going to live longer than others. And that's just the sad reality of it. And we, some of us are going to be shorter. Um, and we don't know when, when our time is up. So the question really is, uh, what are we going to do with that time? What are we going to spend our time investing in? Um, well, let's just base it off what Paul said in verse 1. Um, he said, if you're risen in Christ, if you're a saved, born-again believer, then you should seek after the things which are above. Um, but but you're, again, you may ask, well, why should I do that? What is the benefit for me investing in godly things now before we reach the eternal? You know, as Christians, I think we should be constantly preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ. Uh, or, or, or if not the coming of Christ, then what comes after that when we die? Um, but what ha how I picture it is um, our life comparatively to eternity is not even a drop in the bucket. It's really not. And we, if, you, if you view this as more of a preparatory phase as to eternity, and you're thinking your perspective changes a lot. Now, again, let me just say that this is not always a huge deal. This is not always a big thing. Uh, for some of us, it's always different. Like for me, I'm, I'm called to ministry, but that's not going to be the same for everybody. It's always different. God still wants plumbers. God still wants mechanics. God still wants doctors and teachers. He has a role for all of us. He just wants us to do what he, want, what he wants us to do. He wants us to do what, what he has for us. Right. Um, so let me just give a couple verses. Uh, let me give you two reasons why we should prepare. Uh, the first one being Matthew 6.20. Uh, Jesus actually tells us, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And that, and that flows into my second reasoning as well. Uh, the second reason being uh, what we invest in now is we're going to see a return in the future. We will see a return in heaven. And, and the Bible has several verses, for it, several verses to back this up. And one of them being Revelation twenty two twelve. 
It says, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So it's very clear what's going to happen. It's very clear that if Matthew 6, 20, Jesus says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then he also says, uh, he's going to come quickly, and he's going he's to have rewards for us based on what we've done in our life as a Christian. So what we do, even after we save, does matter. It does. It has an effect in the future. What does this mean? Invest in Christ in the now, and you're going to receive a return in heaven. Amen. Invest in Christ now. So, so how can we invest? How can we invest? Um, let me just, uh, again, let me just say investing in the things of Christ does not always have to be a, 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 huge, a huge deal. It can be in our everyday, everyday situation. Uh, let's just say, what if we have the opportunity uh, to spend time maybe working on a project or a vehicle that we're working on, or, or instead we have maybe a little time that we can spend uh, investing in our family by having devotions or, or just spending time just spending time with them in the things of God. That's investing in them. That's investing in their walk. Maybe, maybe it's uh, you have an option to sleep in a little bit before work, have a few extra minutes of sleep, or you can get up a little bit early. It's a little harder, but instead you can invest in your spiritual walk with God by reading your Bible and praying. Yes. Um, or, or maybe maybe it's a ministry on, on Sunday. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of ministries that you can help out with. I mean, a new one we have is uh, bus ministry. Uh, and that's going to need some people. That's going to need some helpers. But there's, I feel like there's no better way than to, to go and pick up kids who are maybe in a not a gr- so great situation. And they can come here on Sunday mornings and, and be in the best place possible for them. And that's, that's something that you can see in investment right away. Because you can see them saved. And then you can see them go back to their homes and then have their family come to church. And you can see them saved. And then you have a family join the church. And that right there is an investment that you can see right away. That is something that is so, it's such a good payoff. And like, man, I am so glad that I spent time investing in them now. But again, you're not always going to see that investment right away. Like sometimes, sometimes it may just be giving an offering. We don't know where that offering is going to go. We don't know where that missions money is going to go. We can go to a different country, and we don't know if that's, going to, if that's going to affect anybody. But God does. God sees that, and he sees the investment we're putting in now. Even though it may, say, it may seem insignificant right now, and it just may seem that no, you, it doesn't matter. And what we want now and doing all the things that we want, it, it may seem fun right now, but it's going to not mean anything in heaven. And then when we're standing before Christ and he's going he's to judge us based off, uh, give us the rewards based off our works, man, I would rather much be found that I invested my time in something that mattered eternally than something that didn't mean anything at all. So there's, what I'm saying is that there's opportunities to invest in the things of Christ every day. Why would I... It's just, and it's different for everybody. It is different for everybody. But you can take time and you can choose. You can choose to invest in the things of Christ. So what are you going to invest in? When Christ comes back, what are you going to be found doing? Are you going to be laying up yourselves treasures in heaven? Or are you going to be found that when you had the opportunity, you invested in nothing that mattered at all? You have the inside scoop. You know what's going to happen. You know that Christ is going to come. You have that knowledge already of, of ahead what's going to happen. You know what to invest in. Now you got to go out and do it. Invest in Christ now and receive a reward in the eternal. All right. I'm going to pray and then the pastor's going to come and lead the invitation. Dear Father, Lord, um, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to preach. Uh, Lord, I know for all of us it is challenging, Lord, to give up sacrifices in our life like we heard with Brother Sammy, Lord, um, and, and instead investing in things that 
that uh, matter eternally, Lord. And no, it may seem hard now, but Father, uh, you know it's going to be worth it in heaven, Lord. Lord, bless us, Lord. Help us to just go out and do it now. Uh, bless these things. Amen.